Thanks, Pastor Vince. Come on, let's turn that praise heavenward. Let's lift up the name of Jesus in this house. Come on, give Him praise. Give Him praise. Like you believe His Word is powerful. We praise you, Jesus. We glorify you. Amen. 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 Yeah, grab a seat. Hey, as you grab a seat, why don't you put your hands together for the worship team? How incredible were they this morning? Well done. So proud of you guys. You absolutely killed it this morning. Um, Kels, you can just stay with me for a second here. You're sounding great on that keyboard, Kels. Yeah. Brand new Nord for C3 Salt Lake City this week. It's red. It's almost a red color. <laughs> great to be here with you this morning, church. How incredible is Pastor Vince and his beautiful wife, Pastor Becca? Such amazing people. You're such a boss, man. Like just seeing you up here, minister, you share the Word of God tirelessly. You open your heart up to the people of this church. I, I've, I've never seen a man with just such a seemingly inexhaustible supply of love for the people that he leads. He cares for you so much, man. You, you are so blessed to have such an incredible pair of pastors here at C3 Salt Lake City. So one more, one more time, put your hands together for Pastor Vincent Becker. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, it's great to have you all with us this morning. It's brilliant. Uh, my wife, Irina, and I have been here in Salt Lake City for about five weeks now. It's, yeah, it's been, it's been absolutely beautiful. We love this place. What a beautiful city. It's so great. Irina says to me like every week or two, like a, maybe five times during the first week, she's like, babe, more people from San Diego should move here. This, this place is so beautiful. It's gorgeous. I'm getting signs from the uh, whiteboard to keep the mic closer to my mouth. Is that better? <laughs> That's great. Excellent. Yeah, we love it here. Well, we, we're, we're so glad that you're here with us today in church. I've got a word this morning that's going to be like a software upgrade for your life. How many people believe that the Word of God will upgrade our lives? Yeah, sometimes we need an update, don't we? We need like the new version, the 2.0. And um, the world will try to bring its update to our software, but it's going to have all kinds of glitches and bugs in its software that will cause you to wig out all over the place. The Word of God pure, unadulterated fuel for your mind, for your spirit, for your soul, for your body. You can't go wrong if you're feeding your soul on the Word of God. So uh, I'm just going to read, read the Scripture here and then we're going to pray and then we're going to relieve the beautiful Kelsey from her wonderful ministry this morning. You've been so great this morning. If you would open your Bibles, please, to uh, Daniel chapter 6. If you don't have your Bible here, that's okay. We have a uh, I'd say an ample-sized screen here where the Scripture is going to open up, and hopefully you can see it. <laughs> there it is. Daniel chapter 6 says, it, from verse 1, says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. 
So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Beautiful. Thank you, God. Let's just close our eyes and pray as we open our hearts to the Word of God this morning. Father, we we thank you for your Word. Like that beautiful song said, I open up my heart to you. Open up my heart to you now. So do what only you can do. God, come and bring your Word. Lord, let it pinpoint areas where we need the Word of God to come in and strengthen and update our software. God, upgrade our lives. Let it be fresh revelation. Jesus said, your words are life. They are spirit and they are life. We come hungry this morning. We want to receive. We want to partake of the bread of life this morning. Let it nourish our mind. Let it nourish our body. Let it nourish our soul and our spirit, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen, amen. Thank you, Kels. Absolutely wonderful. You're a beautiful person. Well, as I said, it's great to be here in Salt Lake City. I love snowboarding. Anybody else like the snow sports living here in the at the foot of the what are the mountains called? Are they the Rockies? The Wasatch. They are the Rockies. Okay, they're the edge of the Rockies. I love snowboarding. I grew up in Australia, so you really have to be committed to snowboarding to find the snow down there. But being here, I've never been so close to the snow. Within 30 minutes, I can be from my front door to the slopes, which uh, Pastor Vince and I usually try to frequent at least once a week, usually twice a week, or, or Rich and I, we have a great time. Or I'll go up there by myself if needed. It's all just fantastic. But recently, my sister, who lives in Sydney, Australia, has found herself a new boyfriend, and he's a lawyer in Sydney, and he goes skiing somewhere awesome once a year. And so this year, he, he's decided he's going to Vail, Colorado. And so, but he said, Ange, if any of your family want to join us, just let us know. And if they can just get themselves to Vail, Colorado, we'll take care of their accommodation. We'll take care of their lift tickets, food, meals. So how many people know I prayed for about two seconds flat and said, the Lord is in this. I'm going to be there. So a few weeks ago, I go over to Vail, Colorado, and uh, my older brother was there, my sister and her wonderful new boyfriend, Harry, was there. Harry's a legend. Um, and my, my brother's friend, Nudge. I don't know what Nudge stands for, but his name is Nudge. That's all I know. <laughs> and uh, we had a great time skiing some of the most awesome snow I've ever seen, or ever, ever even imagined. As I said, being from Australia, the snow is nothing like here. It's icy, sludgy, mostly man-made. Uh, but the Lord is in Vail, Colorado, as he is with us here in Salt Lake City. And the, the snow, <laughs> Pastor Arnie said it's like Christian cocaine. <laughs> It's like fresh white powder. It's absolutely beautiful. So we snowboard during the day. We go out to... <laughs> you, guys, you guys like to party. It's the snow we're talking about. Come on. We, we have a great time snowboarding. My brother just shreds. My brother actually was heli snowboarding the week after in Alaska. The guy just shreds. And so I'm trying to keep up with him and believe in God for my safety as I'm trying to do so. But then at night, we went out for this beautiful dinner and we're at home chilling in the accommodation. The accommodation is literally right beside the gondola. So I, I opened the door and was like, oh, okay, that's, there's like a, 
a five meter walk to the to the slopes. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, thank yeah, Jesus, thank you, God. So we're chilling there at night. We, we've just had dinner. We get home at night, and my brother's an audiometrist, and we start talking about uh, you know that question. It's like if a, if a tree falls down in the woods, would, but nobody's there, would anybody hear it? I always thought that was such a silly question. If a tree fell down in the woods and there was no one there, would anybody hear it? I thought, what a dumb question. Oh, no, sorry, not would anyone hear it. Would it make any noise? Would it make any sound? And I thought, of course it makes sound. It's just that nobody's there to hear it. But then when you actually find out how the ear works, it actually makes sense of the question. And because my brother's an audiometrist, we were just throwing this funny question around. And see, the way, the way that sound works is if a tree falls down, it's going to send out a pressure wave that is just a pressure wave. And then it hits your eardrum. The ear is shaped to try and funnel those waves into your eardrum. The eardrum has a membrane kind of like the skin of a drum. The pressure wave hits the membrane. It vibrates and resonates and causes another uh, pressure wave to go further into your ear canal as it passes over tiny little hairs that move a liquid around in your inner ear that then resonates against your brain and your brain then interprets it as sound. Unbelievable. But until that pressure wave hits an eardrum, there's nothing actually resonating and there's, there's no sound happening. There's just pressure waves flying through the air that actually don't make a sound until they hit somebody's eardrum or some things. I mean... Uh, human species, mammalian species, this is how our ears work. And so that's why it's an interesting question. If a tree was to fall down in the woods and there was nobody there, would it actually make any sound? So then we're talking about how the ear works and the perfection of it. And, and that's when I, I, I kind of was sort of pushing the envelope a bit here. And that's when I said to the, to the guys that were sitting around, I'm the only Christian in the room. And I said, that's why I can't believe in evolution. And they almost fell off their seat. They're like... Pfft. My, my brother's like, my, you know, he's my big brother. He's like, what is my little brother going on about? And I said, here's the thing. The perfection of that system and how it works, for that to just be a pure accident that evolved from a single-cell sludge. We can't even say how the single-cell sludge got there except for uh, in the middle of nothing, there was somehow two, at least two, molecules of something which we can't explain why there are and and floating through why is there anything for them to float through but they're floating through something and they somehow find each other and cause a massive explosion because we know that if two molecules of matter happen to collide with each other they is a massive explosion right like look at us we're surrounded by infinite molecules of matter and i don't see any explosions i mean the, the, to, to have enough faith to believe in evolution to me I don't have that much faith. It, the, when I see the perfection of the human systems, your respiratory system had to be perfect first go for you to survive. Your reproductive system had to be perfect first go, first generation for you to actually be born. Amen? <laughs> your cardiovascular system, you've got one chance for that thing to work. Your, all of these, your, your digestive system, your, the internal organs that God has placed in your body, work with absolute perfection because you are an excellent being created by an excellent God for excellent things. And this is just the physical you. This is purely if you were just a mammal. But 
there's more to you than that. You're like made in the image of God. He's a triune being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're a triune being as well. You're not actually a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live inside a body. The body that we see here is just the outer casing. It's the vehicle that transports the real you around. The spiritual you is the real you. And I sometimes like to think of it like this. You know, when you can see a person, you obviously see their body, you see the outer casing. But I sort of imagine, what if, what if somebody's personality actually started to shape what somebody looked like and somebody started to take on the characteristics of their personality? I think some people who may, you know, you may not think twice when you walk past them when you see them physically, but their personality is so beautiful and attractive that if you could see their spirit, if you could see their inner man, they'd be the most attractive person you'd ever seen. Because there's a spirit on the inside of you. And, and when you get around someone, like Pastor Vince is not a huge human being on the outside. <clears throat> but when I get around him, the spirit that he carries is massive. It's huge. He, he's up every morning at 5 a.m. praying for this city praying for you, praying for the people that are going to become part of our family. His spirit is massive. I want to be the kind of person where my, my inner man's way bigger than my outer man. I kind of don't want my outer man to get too big, but I want my inner man to keep getting bigger and bigger each, each day. When our physical man goes into the grave and dies, hopefully in the reverse order, dies and then goes in the grave, like a seed, the husk is going to break open and the inner man is going to come shooting out. And you're going to have a resurrection body. I'm so looking forward to this because I'm only 37 years old, but already I've torn my MCL once. I've got a, uh, uh, you know, I got tendinopathy in my, the, ther the, the uh, tendon thing that goes over my patella. I need a new knee. You know, this knee's 37 years old. It's like a vintage knee. I need a new one. <laughs> the doctors have done all they can, and now all I, the only solution I know now is to play touch rugby on it and snowboard on it and just keep believing God that it's going to be good. <laughs> but one day, when my body dies and goes into the grave, I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to have a resurrection body, and my knee is going to be perfect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to walk through walls, but I can still eat physical food. I'm going to be unrecognizable at first sight. But then when you actually get to know me, you're going to be like, that's Andy. How do I know this? Because this is what happened when Jesus rose from the dead. And he's the first fruits of all of us that are going to rise from the dead. What happened to him is what's going to happen to us. Isn't that exciting? The resurrected body is a real thing. It's not just a spirit like a ghost. It's actually, this is an amazing thing. Jesus could walk through walls. He could teleport from one place to the other. But he could still eat. They gave him fish and honey, some kind of interesting meal. But the resurrected body is the real you, and that's going to be an absolutely incredible thing. C.S. Lewis writes, C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors. He wrote about this inner man. He says, it's a serious thing. And he's talking about what we're going to potentially become when we rise from the dead. The Bible says we don't know exactly what we're going to become, but we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye and we shall be like him. So it's basically saying what Jesus became when he resurrected, that's the kind of being that we're going to be. And he says, C.S. Lewis says, it is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. 
to remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all of our dealings with one another. All friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Isn't that incredible? That's you. You are designed and created by excellence for excellence. You are an excellent being. That's why when you see, when you're walking down the street, you're driving around Utah and you see some incredible piece of architecture, uh, an awe-inspiring building. When you see our beautiful mountains that surround this valley, like when you walk out the front door of church and that massive mountain dusted with snow, you go up to the mountain in that cool, clean, fresh air, the quiet, it feels like it's calling to something on the inside of you. It, it resonates with the excellent spirit that's on the inside of you. It calls to the image of God that you're made in and makes you rejoice on the inside. That's why you feel elevated when you get around those experiences because there's something great on the inside of you. You are, and this is the title of my message, it's kind of long, but I like it because if you can remember this title, you remember the whole idea, you remember the whole message. You are an excellent being created by an excellent God for excellent things. You are an excellent being created by an excellent God for excellent things. That gets me excited. Here it is. Wonderful. That's the hands of the potter right there, designing you. Brilliant. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship. Another translation says we are His masterpiece. We are His artwork, His own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which, we, which He set so that we would walk in them, living the good life with which he prearranged and made ready for us. Isn't that awesome? You are an excellent being made by an excellent God for excellent things up there in the back row. You know, but sometimes life can beat it out of us, can't it? We, the things we experience day to day, they can rob us of that sense of destiny, that sense of purpose, that sense of heaven desi heavenly design that we're made with. I, I grew up in a place called Campbelltown. If there's ever a place that could beat the spirit of excellence out of you, maybe it's this place. Campbelltown is maybe the roughest part of Sydney. One of them, top three, I'd say. Um, <clears throat> Campbelltown is a meme-worthy place. There are memes about this place where I grew up in. I think the guys actually have some of the memes here. Here it is. Hey, Dad, is this all of Sydney? Because Campbelltown's part of Sydney. What's that dark, shadowy place? Campbelltown, Simba. You must never go there. I think they've got a couple more. Air conditioning, Campbelltown style. 
This actually happened to my mum's car. We left it at Campbelltown Station and then went on our merry way and we came back and we had a new air conditioner installed. <laughs> Just another normal day in Campbelltown. Look at this sweet little girl. <laughs> There's one or two more. I don't always fear for my life, but when I do, I'm in Campbelltown. It's so true. Is there another one? No, that's it. So you don't leave Campbelltown, you survive and escape, which I did happily. But one of the jobs I did when I lived in Sydney, and I was living, praise God, on the northern beaches of Sydney by this point, but one of the jobs I did was I uh, was a youth mentor in an organisation that was sent kids from the social welfare system that the government was looking after. They'd send them to this company that uh, contracted to the government and then they had some youth mentors that would spend a uh, certain number of hours with these, with these kids. And so one of the kids lived out in Campbelltown. And so it was like an hour and 20 minute drive from where I live now. So I'd drive out, I'd, I'd go and hang with Sean, great young guy. The poor kid lived in the most, just the most disheveled, upside down living environment you know his, his mum had like maybe seven or eight cats the whole place was like living in a, in a kitty litter it was rough it smelled like a kitty litter and so the mum was so huge she could hardly get up she literally could hardly walk just because of how like there's you talk to a guy like that about living with a spirit of excellence and he's never seen it in his life but so the, the opportunity to spend some time with a, with a young man like this was great. These are kids that they can't go to school like a normal kid. They've pulled a knife on a teacher or they've smashed kids with, over the back of the head with a chair one too many times. Like kids that have some serious problems. And so because that's, that's the environment they've grown up in, they don't know anything different. So they bring some people in that can show them something different. And so one of the things I would do is I'd go get Sean, I'd pick him up and we'd take him back to the Northern Beaches for youth, which is an hour and 20 minutes again, back to youth on Friday night. I remember the, it was one of the first times I took him there. I was playing guitar that night and so I had to get him there a bit early. And so he, he walked in and there was sound check happening and he saw the equipment around the place and expensive equipment. And he saw the seriousness and the focus with which people were preparing for the service. And he was blown away. He, and he said, you know, he's like, mate, you guys really... You really take it serious what you're doing around here, don't you? And it was a surprise to me but I, cause, because to me, I'm like, uh, the fact that we need an excellent spirit in church is something that I've, that I've believed all my life. But sometimes when, when, when we've grown up in something that's anything but an excellent spirit, it's, it's hard for us to imagine and it's hard for us to visualize it. But the, the church, God's church, the church is the house of God. In the Old Testament, Jacob had a vision of the house of God and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. An when an excellent spirit is on you, you want the house to reflect its owner. You want people to walk in and have a, man, this feels elevated. This feels excellent. We serve an excellent God and his house should be excellent. Amen. The problem is that for, for, for some reason, it's like in church, we've kind of become accustomed to mediocrity and I think it can sometimes be like well you know they're, they're you know the person they can't really play guitar too well we don't have anyone on our team like that our musicians are amazing but I mean the church I got saved in dear lord I was 16 when I got saved and the music in this church was rough 
I would have wanted to bring people, but I was honestly embarrassed to bring people, to bring my friends. I was in high school. If I bring people to that church, I, I actually would take them to another church. I took them to another church that one of my other friends went to because everything was excellent and there was good music and there was things were presented well and the people didn't feel like, you know, church is the only organization that's invented time travel. It's like when you walk in the door, it's like, whoa, I'm literally 30 years ago. It's amazing. (laughs) And so I would take people to to this other church that's now a C3, happily there, a C3 church in Campbelltown and absolutely slaying it. The church I got saved at, it's like, it's like, you know, the guy can't really play drums. It's like, yeah, but his heart, you know, he's volunteering. It's like, yeah, but you're stopping everyone from being able to worship. My dad used to go outside in the parking lot and just put like music on in his car or just sing to himself because he's like, I can at least worship out here. I'd be like, Dad, you should probably come inside. But he just had a hard time with it. But how sad is that? I mean, worship in the house of God should be the most incredible music that's being played or performed anywhere in our city. I believe. Yeah, amen. Because he deserves it. Anything we're going to attach the name of Jesus to needs to have an excellent spirit. Needs to have a spirit that reflects who we're serving. Needs to have a spirit that reflects the God we're singing about. We, we work hard on excellence here in our worship team. It's one of the main reasons Pastor Jürgen asked, asked me to come here is so that we could work together to make the worship experience here in Salt Lake City the most incredible thing that, that you've ever experienced. The team works so hard. Every, every Thursday, we, we get together for like two hours more sometimes. And then we go out afterwards and we talk, we connect, and we build culture with each other. We build friendships. We build relationships. But we work hard on the details. Our incredible production team, Danny up there on the sound today, is absolutely <laughs> killing it, doing such a great job. I'm, I'm obviously speaking today, so I kind of took the, the morning off from being on the team so I could spend a bit more time prepping this morning. But then I came in to soundcheck to work with Danny and the whole team to polish this and make it as excellent as we possibly could so that you and the people that you bring to church have an incredible and inspiring worship experience. Where there's not random train wrecks happening that pull you out of that connection with God, but everything that's happening is ushering you into the presence of God. We want you to come into this place and and the worry and the you know we, we live in a we live in a fallen world so just by nature of being out there in it even if you haven't done anything particularly sinful you come in and it's like you need a shower in the presence of God just to wash wash the grit off you ever been walking around downtown somewhere or anywhere and it's like not like you've rubbed your face in the dirt but you've just got this film of kind of dusty it's just the world we live in. So when you come into the presence of God, we want you to be able to go, Jesus, you're cleansing me. And everything that the musicians and the production team create here is ushering you into this presence of God and it's inspiring you and it's leading you toward his heart. That's why excellence is so important. Amen. From the moment somebody sets foot onto our property, which is here for now. Like Pastor Vince said, we're going to have our own property one day in Jesus' name. It's going to happen. But when, as soon as somebody walks here, walks, walks on site, and they meet the first person that they meet on the high team, they need to have a how awesome is this place experience. And, you know, how does that happen? That, come, that happens when we understand the power of what it is that we do. 
you know, you're not just, you know, we're talking about how people are like, well, they're a volunteer. We should be happy with whatever they, whatever they give us. You're not just a volunteer. You're much more than that. I mean, you are a volunteer, and that's awesome. And God is, anyway, even if you're on staff at church, there's still a volunteer spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? I put my hand up as a volunteer. I'll say, use me. It's not about, you know, it's, that, that's, that's not the deciding factor. Pastor Becker is a volunteer. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. We're, we are, of course, we're volunteers, but we are ministers. You're a minister. You mean I'm a minister just by shaking somebody's hand? Absolutely. Because you are an excellent being made by an excellent God for excellent things. And when you, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to have a shower. I'm going to clean. It doesn't take much money or much time to be clean. You know, it doesn't take much time or money to do one's hair. But if you have an excellent spirit, you know, it's going to show up in your personal hygiene. It's going to show up in the fact that you've brushed your teeth. It's going to show up in the fact that you can proudly smile because you've prepared your smile. Do your hair and know that when, when, when somebody meets you, you are our gatekeeper on that front door. You know, you don't have to be over the top. I know for me, when I, when I first go into church, if I'm visiting a church, I don't want to be hugged by a stranger. That's me. But a good handshake, smile, fantastic. That's all I need. You know, if you know someone, it's appropriate to give them a hug. Absolutely. Just make sure it's a good smelling hug, good feeling hug. Spirit of excellence. It's in the small things, isn't it? I love it. We want to give you permission today, just like Daniel, to distinguish yourself as a person with an excellent spirit. We need an excellent spirit in church because here in the house of God, this is the place where we develop excellent people. That's our mission so that you can go out into the world and do excellent things that, that bring God glory. Amen. Thank you, God. Are you getting something out of this this morning? I hope so. So we need a spirit of excellence in God's house. Amen. But here's the thing. Daniel, he wasn't actually a church leader. He was a political leader. He was a governor. It says back to verse 3. So, so Daniel chapter 6, verse 3 says, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. He distinguished himself. Him, himself. You know, one of the main things that a business wants to do or a salesperson wants to do is they want to differentiate themselves. And this is what Daniel did. You know the best way to, to do that? The best way to differentiate yourself in the workplace is to carry an excellent spirit. Your competitor carries an excellent spirit. You don't want to miss out because you don't carry one. This uh, series is about being a 24-hour witness. So it starts at the house of God, but it doesn't end there. It's about what this house is. It's the nucleus. And then when we send people out, they're going to carry the spirit that's on this house. That's why it's important that we have an excellent spirit here. But then we want, you to, we want to create a place here where you're going to learn what an excellent spirit is. Like my friend Sean, who grew up in a really rough, he was doing it really tough where he grew up. That could be you, and that's okay. You're in the right place this morning. But we want to create an environment that upgrades your life. We don't want to create an environment where you come in and you feel more of the same. We want you to come in and be like, man, this place is awesome. I get around people in this place, and I feel like I've, 
I just, I need to step it up, you know? I need to, that's a, that's a healthy thing when I get around people that are going to challenge me. It's easy to be around people that don't challenge me. Heaps easier. Heaps, as we say in Australia. <laughs> but when I get around someone who's, you know, a strong person, they're emotionally healed. They're not, they're not wounded about something. They're not offended about something. They don't feel like anybody owes them anything. They just feel like they're free to go out and live their life and be an be a excellent person. They know that they're made for excellent things. When you get around someone like that, it challenges you because it exposes the things that I still need to get healed of in my life. But that's a healthy thing. When I stand next to a strong person, I'm standing next to an ideal. I'm standing next to something that I've got to stand up straight next to and put my shoulders back. But that's good. That's the environment I want to be in. That's the kind of healthy, strong environment that we want the house of God to be so that when you come in here, you get healed. It's not a place that makes you just comfortable to sit in your in in where you've always sat if we do that we're not actually making disciples we want to like god has healing for you inside and out an excellent spirit you know it's not like we've got to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps it's not it's not our own effort it's when an excellent spirit gets on the inside of us it's not about how much money you have it's not about where you grew up it's about doing the best with what god has given you doing the very best with what God has given you. Maybe you've only got one pair of pants. Make sure they're clean and ironed and wear them. Maybe they've got a hole in them. Just maybe make that hole a bit bigger and now it's in style. Now it's a ripped jean, you know. Do the best that God has, with what God has given you, Campbelltown style. Oh, I love it. Uh, when an excellent spirit is in you, you're at work on time. You're dressed well, you're smelling good, your teeth are brushed, your hair's done, your makeup's looking good, ladies. Not the men. Your makeup's just fine as it is, lads. Oh, why does it matter if my hair's done or my makeup's done? You know, the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord absolutely looks at the heart. But He's the only one. He's the only one that can see it. You gotta read the rest of that scripture. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We're not trying to reach man with, uh, we're not, sorry, we're not trying to reach God with the gospel. He's, he's saved. He's good. I don't need to, he can see through it all. But so God looks at the heart. The rest of us, all we have is the outward evidence of it. That's all we have to go off. And if I'm constantly arriving to work late, if I'm disheveled, if, if, I, if my outfit doesn't quite make sense, if I haven't bothered with the hair, I haven't bothered with my makeup, like I said, this is all the makeup you're going to get from me. But, you know, do what you need to do to present yourself well. If all I do is rock up late, disheveled, smelling bad, I'm going to have a hard time convincing my boss and my potential clients that my heart is in this. Because <laughs> all they see is my consistent outward appearance. That's why it matters. I remember I had a... Uh, a conversation with my, my younger brother, Jonathan. Um, I'm, it's just myself. I'm one of six kids. It's myself and my sister who are walking with the Lord at this point. And so every conversation I have with my, my family is precious because they live so far away, so they're few and far between. But I had a conversation with my little brother, Jonathan, and he says, you know what gets me, man? Because we grew up in church, so they've been around Christians. I hope that's not the thing that makes it hard for them to believe. That's why it matters that we carry an excellent spirit so that we're a 24-hour witness of something great. But he said, you know what, what I find tough is that uh, when I get around Christians, it's like they just trust God to make them successful or to bless them, no matter how, like if, they, if they're lazy, 
if they don't work, if they, you know, show up late. It's like they just believe God. It's like me and my, my wife, Poe, we work so hard, you know. And, and sure, if there's a God, like I want him to bless it, but I'm not waiting for, for that. I'm going to get out there and be on the front foot and go and get it. And I'm like, man, and it, it broke my heart. I almost had a David moment and like tore my clothes at the blasphemy, you know. But I'm like, that's so sad. Because that's not, and I've seen that mentality. It's like, uh, Lord, Lord will come through. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> he'll rescue you. You know, he'll make sure groceries show up at your door. You might use all the resource that the church has and make sure that ministers in our church, they've got to come and look after you. That's okay. We're there for the hard times. We are there for the hard times. But there's another level that God is actually wanting to lead you into, where you're actually able to more than he's, God isn't just running around to try and meet your needs. He's actually, you've stepped in by the faith and the, using the freedom that God has given you to appropriate the promises of God into your life so that you're doing more than just surviving. You're actually able to be a blessing to somebody else. You're actually able to come and meet somebody else's need. Because here's the thing. There's no groceries that show up on your door that the church magically pays for. That money comes from somebody else in the church that has said, you know what, God has blessed me and I believe that he will continue to bless me. Therefore, I'm going to sow into the house of God. I'm going to bring the house of God's strength. I'm going to be a tither. It says in Malachi chapter 3, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Food means strength. Food means nourishment. That at my church may have may have the ability and the strength to do and be what I've called it to do and to be. So that means that, like, I want to be the, I want to be the one that's, that's helping those groceries show up at somebody's door. I don't want to be the one that, that needs it to survive. Now, like I said, there may be that time, and that's okay. We're with you for those times. But not to, not, we don't want you to live there for the rest of your life. We're believing for something greater than that. And the gospel has all the ingredients, just like for anybody else. It can pull you out of the deepest pit. It can pull you out of a slum. It can pull my friend Sean out of Campbelltown spirit. And it can actually bless you and make you a strong, fruitful person in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You all good this morning? <clears throat> How we are in the workplace, how we are in our homes, how we are with our friends, how we are with our family. When you take your dog to the dog park, when you are getting your coffee at Republic or what was the other Rose establishment downtown, there's beautiful coffee places and you're interacting with these beautiful people that don't yet, yet know Christ. You're carrying an excellent spirit. I remember Pastor Jürgen telling me when he came here, he was like, he was telling me about, uh, I think it's called Republic. Well, public, public, public coffee. He said it's a great place to get coffee. He's like, you know, when I saw someone behind there with tats and piercings, I knew it was in the right place. Is, these guys, this guy's going to know how to make a good coffee. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, but all I, I, I tried to tip him, and all I had was the smallest bill I had was a $10 note. So I gave him that, and he was like, almost fell off his, you know, fell over. And it's so great to be able to bless somebody like that. And if I'm going to attach the name of Jesus to something, man, I want to be a blessing. Irina, my beautiful wife, works at Nordstrom. We, in relocating to Salt Lake City, she, she uh, finished up her job in San Diego as a florist and looked for a new job here. And she works so hard. She's a, one of the salespeople at, at Nordy's. 
And um, I'm so proud of her. The second day of her job here in Salt Lake City, she comes home and she's like, babe, I was the top salesperson in the store today. I thought, spirit of excellence. She looks fantastic every time she leaves the house. I tell you what, spirit of excellence. Come over here. <clears throat> but she doesn't just walk out the door. She works on that. And then her job is helping other people work on that. And she's passionate about it. And first pay period of the store, she ended up being number one salesperson in the entire store. There's blessings with that. You know, there's benefits with that. And you're actually able to be a blessing and enjoy the beautiful city that you live in. I found this thing. Uh, uh, I think we've got it. It's, uh, we found this, this kind of thing about attitude and spirit online as I was studying and preparing. And I'd seen it before. Yeah, here it is. And it's so funny because I actually saw this on Kate Keller's Instagram last night. Kate and Jeremiah, they're a family that carry an excellent spirit. Everything that they do, they work out and they make it excellent. Look at this. Ten things that require zero talent. One, being on time, making an effort, being high energy, having a positive attitude, being passionate, using good body language, being coachable, doing a little extra, being prepared, having a strong work ethic. I love that. Requires zero talent. Somebody once said, it's your attitude, not your aptitude that determines your altitude. I love that. Just put that back up, put that back up. I mean, imagine, imagine the opposite of this. I can't think of a worse witness for Jesus than being the opposite of this. So zero things that require zero talent, uh, 10 things that require zero talent, but kind of flipped. Number one, being late all the time. Making no effort, being low energy, having a negative attitude, not being passionate, using bad body language, being unteachable, doing a little less than is required, <laughs> being unprepared and having a weak work ethic. I can't think of, if, if, if that's us, don't invite them here. Like invite them to, there's plenty of other places <laughs> happening on a Sunday you know what I'm saying. That's not the spirit of excellence. That's not the spirit of God. That's the other guy. The blessings of an excellent spirit. A spirit of excellence brings blessing. It brings promotion. It brings influence. Verse 3, that same scripture, the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. It's like, that's the spirit I want in my organization. Proverbs 22, 29 says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. We were having dinner the other night, and, and beautiful Amy Thomas tells us that her handsome husband, Ben, hit 140% of his goal at work the other week. Absolute champion. And so his company gave him 140% of his bonus. There's blessings that come with an excellent spirit. If, the, if the, Kelsey and the team want to come and join me, And here's the thing, when you have an excellent spirit, when you do your job well, you actually become a picture that somebody can follow. Having an excellent spirit gives you influence. It means that somebody actually cares what you have to say because of your example that you constantly set. A leader is a picture that somebody can follow. A leader is a picture that somebody can follow. I want to give people a consistent picture that they can look to, predictable in the right way. 
predictable, not in the way that it's boring, but predictable in a way that you can count on this person. You can rely on this person. And here's maybe the best news of all of this. It's my last point. From the same scripture, this Daniel distinguished himself. Say that with me. Say distinguished himself. He distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. This is my last point. A spirit of excellence is self-inflicted. Isn't that good news? Here's, here's the great news. A spirit of excellence is within your own control. A spirit of excellence doesn't just fall on you. It doesn't sneak up behind you in church and just jump on you. It's not, it's not a spirit of excellence in terms of a ghost. I mean, imagine that. It'd be, it'd be so cool if there was like the excellence fairy that everything you did, it would just fly around like, like Tinkerbell and be like, and it's excellent, and you can sing well, and your business is blessed. And it just doesn't happen like that. The only time that success comes before work is in the dictionary. <laughs> Living with a spirit of excellence. But, he, but this is the good news. This is the good news. The good news is that you are free to live with a spirit of excellence. There's nothing holding you back from doing it. Living with a spirit of excellence is a decision that we make. It's a commitment we make. And, and I love this. Living with a spirit of excellence is a habit that we form. Once you start living with a spirit of excellence, your environment around you will start to upgrade. The means and resources that you have to live with will start to gradually increase. It doesn't happen overnight. But it happens by consistently making good decisions that honor God. God honors those who honor Him. He will not leave you toiling fruitlessly. When we work with Him, there's nothing, there's nothing that He will withhold from you. You're a child of God. You are an excellent being created by an excellent God for excellent things. He's promised to never leave you. He's promised that because He's your Father, He's opened wide His doors. His treasury is open to you. His armory is open to you. All that you need, He is. All that you need, He has. He's calling you today. One of my favorite verses in in the book of Revelation is, is John. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I saw before me an open door in heaven. God's door is open to you. And then what did he see? He heard a voice that said, come up here. Come up here. The, 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 the cry of heaven, the invitation of heaven, the, the draw of heaven will always cause you to, to come up. He says, the door's open and the, the voice that comes out of the kingdom of heaven is always come up here. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. That's always going to mean I have to step over a line in faith and say, I don't quite know how this is going to work yet, but I know that my faith, is something's drawing me to say yes, and I'm going to say yes. I'm going to step over into a spirit of excellence. If that's you today and you say, you say I want to live my life with the spirit of excellence. I want you to be bold and strong and stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet if that's you. If you want to say, I want to live my life with an excellent spirit. Amen. Thank you, God. Just, just lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Father. God, and start to pray. Pray in the spirit if you pray in the spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, an excellent spirit. God, I thank you right now, Father God, 
Lord, as people say, yes, that's me. God, anytime we take that one step, we take one step of faith, the Holy Spirit comes along and it's like He makes it count for a thousand. Whatever it is that God's putting on your heart right now, because sometimes it's like my stepping in, you know, as soon as I stand up like this, something might come to mind. It's like you're going to, you just need to give some money to that person or you need to fix this. You need to make sure that bill gets paid so that you're, you've got excellence happening in your life behind the scenes as well as in front of the scenes. You need to fix that relationship. You need to just reach out to that person and try and make amends for something that went south. It's ex- excellence in every area because it's not just saying I want to be excellent at something. I want to be, you know, develop a skill. It's, it's I want to live my life with an excellent spirit, something that comes with me, a spirit that honors God, a spirit that distinguishes myself, not for my own name, but for His name, so that people know, hard as I try, I just can't find anything where I could try to bring that person down. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the commitment of a spirit of excellence that all these beautiful people are showing today. God, I thank you that you are with them. God, that you are for them. God, that you will, you, that no prayer goes unheard. Just start to let prayer come out of your mouth right now. Just say, God, I want to live with the spirit of excellence. God, I want to live with the spirit of excellence. God, I, I choose to honor you. Just let those words of honor and worship and praise come out of your mouth right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Awesome. You know, uh, as we're standing here, and this is, this is the, not just the good news, this is the too good to be true news. We're never going to live with a perfectly excellent spirit all the time. We're going to fall short here and there. But here's the great news. That there was, God knew that and He said, I'm actually going to come and I'm going to live with a perfectly excellent spirit for them. And I'm going to win every battle. I'm going to go ahead of them and I'm going to win every battle that they'll ever face. From his childhood to his death, he lived with that excellent spirit to honor God. Even, even his last words was, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Went into the grave like we all will. He was our forerunner. He was our big brother. He went first defeated death rose from the grave because you cannot keep an excellent spirit down it will not let its circumstances dictate to it and he went he's the archetypal spirit of excellence and he knew that the only way for us to actually carry that spirit was if we could stand up inside the victory he's already won and so if that's you if you're like you know i've, I've never actually committed my life to christ then today there's an, a wide open door for you to be able to do that. And all, all we ask you to do is just to say, yeah, that's me. If that's you and you want to say, yeah, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to give my life to Him. Just go ahead and let us know and just put your hand up so we can pray for you at the end of the service. If that's you and you're like, yeah, I want to give my life to Christ this morning, just raise your hand. I can't really see too good because of the lights here, but that's okay. If, if that's you and you want us to pray for you and say, yeah, I, I want to, receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. And you just lift your hand and we're going to just have someone pray for you, pray with you and lead you through that prayer. And you're going to have the ultimate man of the spirit of excellence, God himself, come into your life. Is that anybody here where you say you want to, you want to actually say, yeah, that, that's me. I want to step over that line of faith this morning. 
and ask Christ to come into my life. Thank you, God. I just want to give time. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just put your hand up. And I, I want to I make sure that you know that there are people who will wait for you to respond to God. The door's wide open and you'll never be able to say, nobody waited for me. Nobody gave me an opportunity. But you say, yeah, I want to respond to Christ. I want to ask Christ to come into my life. If, that, if that's you, just raise your hand. We're going to have somebody pray for you. Thank you, God. I think there might have been one or two hands. We've got some people that, that are just trying to keep an eye out to make sure we know who to pray with at the end of the service. So if that's you, we're going to have someone come and pray with you as we close. And uh, also, if nobody comes to you and you want to receive Christ, find one of these beautiful people. Uh, give us a wave if that's you. Yeah, is that Cynthia? Beautiful Cynthia at the back and Dan. They're the people you want to chat with and we're going to look after you at the end of the service. Beautiful. Well, let's finish by worshiping God. Amen. The team's going to come. They're going to pray. They're going to lead us in a song. But Father, right now, God, I thank you. Lord, I mean, this message wasn't about signs, wonders, miracles. But God, when somebody comes and lives in an excellent spirit, they become the sign in their workplace. They become the wonder. They become the miracle in their workplace, Father God. They're bringing you everywhere they go. God, I thank you for a spirit of excellence on your house. God, I thank you that when people come into this place, they say, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And Lord, they're able to have an encounter with you. God, that over the years we will see hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of people come out of this church, Father God, with a testimony that said, when I came into the house of God, I was taught principles of how to prosper in a godly way. I was taught principles of how to be blessed so that I could be a blessing. I, was, I, I went from having a, a, a poverty mentality to an excellence mentality. I went from being not bearing fruit like Pastor Vince was preaching about last week to being a fruitful minister in Christ. I went from someone who was wounded to someone who was healed. Someone who was injured in life to someone who was strong and healthy in this life and could help others from their wounded state into coming into the health and wholeness of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for a spirit of excellence living on the inside of your people, God. And in Jesus' name, we give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. May we be 24-hour witnesses to your name. May we distinguish ourselves for the glory of Jesus Christ in this city. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, lead us, guys.